1: It's a wonderful life. Everyone loves George Bailey, played by James Stewart. He is a man the ordinary people of Bedford Falls can rely on when they need help. From a kind word to finding somewhere to live, George is always there. However, what the townsfolk don't know is George is in the depths of despair. On Christmas Eve, he decides the best thing for his friends and family would be for him to end his life. Little does George know heavenly intervention is on the way in the rather odd shape of trainee angel clarence played by thomas mitchell clarence's mission is to show george how important his life is and what would have happened if he hadn't have been born hello joseph
0: trouble looks like we'll have to send someone down a lot of people asking for help for a man named george bailey george bailey yes tonight's his crucial night you're right we'll have to send someone down immediately Whose turn is it? That's why I came to see you, sir. It's a clockmaker's turn again. Oh, Clarence hasn't got his wings yet, has he? We passed him up right along. Because you know, sir, he's got the IQ of a rabbit. Yes, but he's got the faith of a child. Simple. Joseph, send for Clarence. You sent for me, sir? Yes, Clarence. A man down on Earth needs our help. Splendid. Is he sick? No, worse, he's discouraged. At exactly 10.45pm Earth time, that man will be thinking seriously of throwing away God's greatest gift. Oh, dear, dear, his life. Then I've only an hour to dress.
1: What can I say to recommend It's a Wonderful Life as a Christmas treat? If ever I was going to make a list of my top ten films of all time, it would be amongst that number. The esteemed body, the American Film Institute, rates the movie as the most inspirational film of all time. And it's probably the oldest film to get an annual cinema release. I know our local cine world has it every year. With credentials like that, it deserves to be seen, doesn't it? Okay, let's muddy the waters a little. It was a financial flop when it was first released, and was almost forgotten, except for a quirk of fate. Also, For an inspirational film, it is surprisingly dark, with themes of potential suicide, regret and repression. It is a film where the evil character is not vanquished at the end. And one further devil's advocate point, it's not really a Christmas film at all. Although its climax is set at Christmas, the vast majority of the film takes place at other times of the year. That ending need not have been set at Christmas. It would work regardless of what time of year it was. In fact, Die Hard 2 has more of a festive setting than It's a Wonderful Life. So, given all of that, why has it gained such a classic status? I believe primarily because it is not a cute seasonal movie. It is something much harder edge. James Stewart's character George Bailey just wants to get out of the small town of Bedford Falls and see the world. Events, however, conspire to keep him there. Well, one of those events was Donna Reed, so it is understandable. His frustration and anger at feeling trapped feed his resentment. He so desperately wants to get away that he almost accepts a job with his nemesis, the evil Mr. Potter, an excellent Lionel Barrymore. Ultimately for George, that would just cross the line, especially as it is Mr. Potter who sets up the calamity at the end of the film when he effectively steals the savings Billy is about to put into the bank. It is the repercussions of that act that drive George to contemplate suicide. Rage and frustration boil over in that moment. For those that haven't seen the movie, I won't discuss the story of George Bailey any further. Surprisingly, for the character of Potter, there is no retributions for his actions. There was in the original script, but Frank Capra removed those scenes. So it is fascinating that Potter survives unscathed by the events he set in motion. And I'm amazed he got this past the Hays Code, which stated that criminal acts had to be punished on screen. Can you imagine a film today where the villain just continues on plot in his next move without some sort of payback, unthinkable unless it's part of a franchise? Let's leave Potter in his web and talk about It's a Wonderful Life's credentials as a Christmas film. It's true the prologue and the climax of the film set on Christmas Eve. However, would it have made any difference to It's a Wonderful Life if that had been set in midsummer? The only counter argument to this is the redemption of George Bailey plays much better in its seasonal setting. The final point, and the one that helped create the mythology of the movie, in 1974, due to a clerical error, the copyright on the film was not renewed. This meant that any American TV station that had a print could show it without having to pay copyright fees. This wasn't exactly free, as many would have you believe. The networks had to pay story and music royalties. However, that was still a lot cheaper than paying full copyright royalties. So it became a Christmas staple. That twist of fate was a Christmas miracle in itself. It brought the film to the attention of many people who would never otherwise have seen it. They marveled at Frank Capra's storytelling and the ability to get into the life of George Bailey. The film is over two hours long. Yet there isn't a single scene that doesn't drive the narrative. It entered the American and thereafter the world's psyche. This is my last selection of Christmas films for Advent, and in my humble opinion, it is the best Christmas film you can ever see, regardless of how much of it is said at Christmas. Have a great Christmas, everyone. <laughs> yesterday's christmas cracker was mel gibson provided the voice of rocky in which Ardman film which is now screened on tv every christmas bloody hell graham why do i keep getting these mel gibson christmas questions uh, anyway the answer to that is chicken run today's christmas movie question who played the british prime minister in the christmas themed film love actually see you tomorrow with the answer